This is Amazing Maria, and you are listening to the OVW Podcast. Welcome to the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. I'm Brian Hines, and I believe they put a man on the moon. My name is Jacqueline Oaks. Today we are getting into all the action from Ohio Valley Wrestling Rise number 1275. That is the new name of the weekly Ohio Valley Wrestling television show. That, of course, broadcast originally live from Historic Davis Arena on January 18th, 2024. And we will also talk about this week's OVW headlines, and we may have a huge announcement. And then we will hear from the Fan Zone. That is the unofficial page uh, for the fans to congregate on Facebook, right? Tiny Brian? That's correct. I'm not on the social medias. So I don't we know. need a T-shirt that says that. Yeah, we do. I don't, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the things. I don't know the things. Uh, we are packing up a lot of equipment in the studio uh, and heading to Davis Arena tomorrow, Brian. That is correct. Uh, this will be our first time. I guess by the time this episode drops, we will be there. Yes. Well, we, we will. We, we will be leaving shortly after this drops. Yes. We will be going behind the scenes a little bit at OVW. For the first time that is, that is my understanding that is what i hear yeah i i honestly don't know what everything that uh tiny brian has up his tiny sleeves well but, my sleeves uh, aren't tiny i have huge arms i'm kind of a fat guy but yes um <laughs> we we are going to davis arena tomorrow uh, i think it's safe to say that they can expect on thursday that they will see an interview from uh perhaps the uh the biggest star in the ovw gracie no, not Gracie. We can't get her. Nobody can book Gracie. Return. She, her she doesn't return. Big. She doesn't return my calls. She but, has uh, like fourteen. Why are you calling Gracie for an interview? Of course. <laughs> it's all official business, bro. Oh, Jacqueline. Un- unofficially official business. Yes. But when we were there on uh, Thursday, I did get hugs. Yeah, that, that was, was nice. Weird. You guys didn't, so. You're, well, the, you are you're the, the heart and soul of the, the, of the podcast, You are the Brian. warm center of this show. You you are the heart. So <laughs> I would expect if she was going to hug any of us. You make me sound you. like a, a freshly baked cookie or uh, some kind of pastry or something. Yeah. I, I'm the warm, fuzzy center of, of this. Yes, she didn't even want to take a picture with me until her dad made her. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brian Hans, you are the freshly baked chocolate chip cookies of this podcast. Yay. Who doesn't love Who doesn't love cookies? But yeah, we will be going to OVW. We expect some cool content, some content that's a little different than what we've done in the past. Because uh, after our visit to the Davis Arena, kind of getting behind the scenes a little bit. I'm glad you told me to use the restroom before we made this announcement because I definitely would have peed a little. I'm just trying to manage everybody's everything. Yeah, I, I mean seriously, I, I I'm beside myself. We're gonna we're gonna get to see the things tomorrow. And that's not something that most regular folks get to do. As a wrestling fan, it is kind of intimidating. <laughs> yeah. Um, we will be doing some sort of like quote unquote official business there. We will be quote unquote press to a certain degree, um, which is also kind of a weird thing to call ourselves. Um, but as a wrestling fan, getting to go backstage at a wrestling show, even though the show won't be going on, that is not something that. I ever expected to be able to do no so not even close pay attention to this feed we got a lot of cool stuff lined up for you guys absolutely uh this week at OVW this week in and around OVW OVW news update right this is what we're doing here at the top of the show this is our new segment here at the top of the show this is our new segment 
um, tons of new uh, Titantrons yes. for, for the wrestlers. Um, mostly the same music. Uh, some, uh, I think that the Beaches and Cream intro was... Yeah, that was new music, New too, music, Because it right, took a little yeah. bit of that opening sax, that do-do-do-do-do, yeah. do, and then yeah. it just cut to... But the new Titantrons for everybody look really, really good. Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> the intro package for the show mm-hmm. was uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. markedly better, much improved. Uh, you got to see uh, a lot of action, a lot of different faces, um, not just people in the ring, but also people that you see when you go to the shows, like uh, Gracie was in there. Who else was in there? I know that there were two or three other people that we see all the time, and they just kind of escape me right now that I'm in the middle of talking about it. Yeah, that was really cool to kind of um, see OVW kind of giving back to the fans a little bit. That's what I kind of liked about the new intro package is not only did the wrestlers look great in it and the action shots look great in it, but OVW acknowledging that, hey, we've got these great fan base, we've got these great fans come see us every week. Um, Really cool to see them on the, the bumper there, the intro there, and getting broadcast all over the world. Yeah. I think even the colonel was on there too, wasn't he? Well, if you had a colonel who showed up at your show every week, wouldn't you put him in the opening package? Well, duh. He's the one that brings the chicken. (laughs) Um, OVW talent evaluator Mick Foley will be at OVW Rise this Thursday. He took last week off um, from being there in person. He was there during a video package. We'll jump into that uh, later. I noticed. Um, But he will be in person this Thursday. And then we kind of have uh, the first of um, maybe... Seeing that OVW Rise is a very, very, very particular product, and then the OVW pre-show is kind of existing in its own universe. When we talked to Maria, she mentioned that an OVW, a second OVW television show may be coming down the pipeline. Right. Do you think that there's any way that maybe some of these... We know that they like to use the pre-show as a testing ground for what can actually get over in front of the audience. Sure, the dark matches. Do you think that some of these pre-show matches uh, are the beginning of... The second TV show for OVW? I mean, I think it's a very good possibility because when we first started going, it's like the dark matches were just kind of there to warm up the crowd. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's commonly what they're used for. But uh, even with it, the big it guys. seems like the, the quality's gone up significantly. And it's mm-hmm. not just, oh, hey, well, this random person uh, uh, wants to give it a shot. Let's see how they do before we put the cameras on them. Now it's more like, okay, you're going to have a match with Donovan Cecil, or you're going to have a match with uh, the veteran Jack Vaughn. And uh, I, I think that that kind of uh, lends more uh, uh, credibility mm-hmm. to the uh, matches that you don't see during the two hour segments that are on fight TV or wherever else it is now. But uh, on Facebook and uh, um YouTube, you can you can see all these things, and uh, you should check them out because they're they're really good, and you get to see things that uh, people that are watching at home don't always get to see because you know they show up and they start a half hour early. I guess is what I'm saying. The uh, the YouTube page recently too, not only with the live stream, they're getting about twenty thousand viewers live just on YouTube. I don't know what the Facebook numbers are like, but I would say that they're probably massive as well. Last week, um, when I watched, uh, I watched on YouTube Live and was in the the chat room a little bit. I think they made it up to a thousand during the show. Really? Which the people in the the chat who apparently are there uh, regularly, 
just like the fans at AV at uh, Davis Arena are. Uh, we're excited to hit 1,000 during the showtime, but that was on Thursday, and we're going through the replay now. They are up to 25,000 views in three days. I usually watch the live broadcast the day after, and I've I've noticed the past couple of weeks that the day after, they must be adding on tons of viewers after the show is over with then. Oh, really? Uh, because I've noticed on the Friday, Saturday mornings after, it's up to the several several thousands. Wow. Um, several, several thousand, That's over 10,000. So I, maybe I was a little, I just kind of assumed they had to been pulling in, you know, tens of thousands of people on the original live broadcast, but it seems like they're just able to tack on a bunch afterwards, which is still awesome. That oh, means yeah. 20,000 people, 25,000 people are watching this just on one venue alone. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's, in, that's in good. One, in just the first 24 hours. Yeah. Right, right. Right. Yeah. I, I enjoy because when I'm when I'm rewatching this to take notes, I that would have been a better way to say what I was trying to say. Within the first twenty four hours, they're getting. Uh, I like to watch the replay of the chat as I'm watching this to get our notes, and I noticed this week I saw several people like this is on every week. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think word is starting to get out that this is a thing, and it's going to continue to be a thing. So could be a fun ride yeah that's great and it they're uh they're just as loyal as the people who show up at davis arena on a regular basis these people uh know each other and look forward to speaking with one another through chat while they're watching ovw every week and uh that's just a, a testament to their uh community the community that they're building mm-hmm uh, i want to say before this short break thank you rare character bourbon or a great drink here at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> we'll be back with all of the action from the pre-show and the regular show right after this. Hey, folks, Tiny Brian here with you once again. And what else can I tell you about Bluegrass Homefront? It is, if you're a Kentuckian, whether you live in the, the Commonwealth or you wish you did or you used to live here and now you live somewhere else, um, there's really, uh, there's, there's no better thing unless you, unless you want like timely news, unless you want things that have happened, you know, recently and, 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 you know, about newsmakers. We're not good for that because we haven't been on for a while, but if you're looking for sort of non-time specific stories about Kentucky and about musicians here in Kentucky and artists and, uh, uh, Don't forget illicit cheese. Illicit cheese making. That is I, my favorite. I have serious interest in this. Uh, uh, no, illicit cheese making is is totally the thing. You you got to check it out, folks. Bluegrass Homefront. Wherever you get your podcast, wherever uh, at bluegrasshomefront.com, and new episodes with video. I guess because we have video now. Uh, coming in March. So. Oh wow. We are excited, and uh, but for now. Let's go back to the OVW podcast, already in progress. Welcome back to the OVW podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the pre-show here, right, Brian? That's where we're at here. We had three matches in the pre-show, as usual. Pre-show. Yes, yeah, there were three in the pre-show. Pre-show goes about 30 minutes. Yeah. So uh, The first one was uh, Bad Country Andrew Williams versus Carson Drake. Uh, Carson Drake took the victory there. He did. I was surprised to uh, note that... Uh, Andrew Williams is from Maysville, Kentucky, which is right across the river from where I'm from. So uh, I'm surprised that I haven't run into him already. Who knows? Maybe I already have, and I just, you know. Forgot about him quickly? Yeah. Second match of the night, the Jim in the Crown Hema, my new favorite wrestler on the entire roster. 
versus La Princesa Tiffany Nieves, uh, joined, flanked by, of course, the Bad Girls Club. Uh, Tiffany Nieves takes home the victory by submission. I, I said last week on this podcast, I want to see him in a singles match. I want to, I want, I want everything to be taken away. Uh, I, I don't want these big multi-person matches. I want to see what she can do, how she can stand on her own. I was more than impressed. Yes. More than impressed. If you, for me, uh, this might be separate for you, Brian, might be different for you, but for me, if you were going to watch one match from the pre-show this week, make it Hema versus La Princesa Tiffany Nieves. I would I would agree. There were three, uh, the last one being Ragnar the Ruthless versus the veteran Jack Vaughn. Uh, it was an also a, a good match, mm-hmm. and uh, Ragnar put in a good showing, but ultimately it, it's hard to get one over on the veteran, and he takes the win, but... Uh, uh, Hema versus Tiffany Nieves was the uh, star of the dark show. This uh, Ragnar the Ruthless has kind of become a little bit of um, the star of the dark show, though. Yeah, he's he's been out there quite a bit. He's early in the program. quite a bit, and people seem to really, really like him. Yeah, um, kind of, kind of. That's this is what Ragnar where he's at right now. It's not a bad place to be. Kind of an unfrozen caveman wrestler. <laughs> well, and the best thing about the dark show is it's the. Most hardcore fans. It's the people that want to be there the most. So if you can get over with them, then you can. You're well on your way to being in a very, very good position in OVW. Because they will, they will chew you up and spit you out. Yeah, <laughs> Those they, are, there, know. there have been times where the crowd has turned on some people, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the case uh, with Ragnar. And I'm sure he's uh, pretty happy these days because his Detroit Lions won over the weekend, and uh, I know how he feels about that. And, um, you know, he's from Finland. and uh, I got the American football in Finland? Uh, no, but he is a fan of the D- Detroit Lions. I know that much. I figured he'd be a Vikings guy. <laughs> you would think, but here we are. Maybe he is also, and I doubt it. I don't think anybody's been a Vikings guy since, like, 1988. Um, <laughs> I, I still know a couple people, actually. <laughs> Behinds, tell me about match one here, please. So, match one was the vision orion versus hoda peso and uh it was good to see hoda back in uh in action this mm-hmm. week he looked great he mm-hmm. put on a great match he also celebrated a birthday this week so uh happy birthday manny domingo from uh the ovw podcast yes, happy birthday unofficial happy birthday by the way no it's an official happy birthday from an unofficial podcast ah all right well a, a merry and birthday to you too <laughs> Um, Hoda Peso, surprisingly to me, I actually went back and had to rewatch this one on YouTube mostly because I was waiting in line for pizza. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was very, very hungry. Uh, I kind of was surprised that Orion lost to Hoda Peso. I did too because, I mean, there were a couple times where he really just let him have it. Mm -hmm. Like he uh, came around with his elbow and just... Knocked him clean into next week, and I thought, oh, God, that's probably not good after being injured for a while. And, uh, I mean, Orion looked ruthless. Yeah. And and hungry, and as he should, because he's getting the job done up there, training with uh, um, Dark Art Studios. So, good for him. Well, and it's just kind of, we saw he's, he is an amazing wrestler, and he looks great. Like, his, he... He's he's the whole package. He really is. Uh, Orion is. We saw him lost to Tony Gunn last week. That's not um, not a bad thing. Losing to Tony Gunn. Um, 
I just was surprised you see him lose the opening match two weeks in a row on the main show. And Hoda Pesos is the type of guy who doesn't exactly need to win all the time for the crowd to still support him. No. So I just thought, like, storytelling-wise, it was a little weird for Orion to take the loss here. Because I'm supposed to believe this guy is very, very, very formidable. Yeah. But the know. fact that he well, they've, they've led the show with him two weeks in a row... Because there is like, no better hand. Yeah. 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 yeah to, to start the show, that that's great. I mean. Yo, so. Martin, if I ask a question. Sure. So. We can't stop you. Duh. I mean, I do have a microphone. Right. So I'm just going to talk over. But um, Manny Domingo started this whole Junta Peso thing just to, to get, at, get underneath uh, Jay, De Jay De Niro's skin when he was feuding, when, when, Kat, when Star and Tony were feuding. Right. This is the first time I think, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, when I've seen Junta Pesos, that identity for Manny Domingo brought out in a completely disconnected from Jay De Niro or, or any of that any of that story. And his his Titantron says Junta Pesos. Pesos. Yes. So they this is something, you know, I kind of took away from that. And it's probably easier more than it ever has been for OVW to get new custom Titantrons. Uh, right now you know i think there was a time where wherever they had was what they were stuck with Mm -hmm. but it does show a certain amount of trust in how long that character is going to be around same thing for beaches and cream getting a new uh theme song yeah the tag team yeah that would be that would be these guys we're going to be seeing that team or this character hoda pesos for a long time coming would be what I thought. Yeah, that, or that's, what I think. It kind of seems to me, at least so far, that uh, maybe it's like uh, the four faces of Foley, except for it's the two faces of uh, Pesos. Yeah, the two-sided Pesos. Oh, look at you! Yeah, look at that. After uh, Hoda Pesos takes on the victory over Orion, we see a backstage segment with Jack Vaughn. A short little, uh, short little promo from the veteran where he reminds everyone that he is Mick Foley's new favorite wrestler. Oh, yeah, we heard about that several times. I uh, I noticed something this week when I was watching uh, his dark match. Uh, so his Titantron uh, video, it's like a silhouette of him um, without the glasses. And it's if you take out the glasses, he kind of looks like Larry Bird. The silhouette kind of looks like Larry Bird. He's kind of lanky like Larry Bird. Yeah, that's true. Kinda he talks smack like Larry Bird, too. True Where's story. those short shorts like Larry Bird? <laughs> <laughs> true the shortest. Story. We were exiting Davis Arena the other week, and as you guys who know, and anybody who's regularly in attendance at Davis Arena knows, when Jack Vaughn sets up his gimmick after the show, it's right by the front door. Which is a veteran move, mm-hmm. because that's what all the uh, Girl Scouts do when they're trying to uh, sell you their delicious cookies. And he was standing there with his arms crossed. It might be hard to see Jack Vaughn's gimmick table for all the line of 15-year-old boys taking pictures of Layla Gray in front of it. But go on. Without, buy, without, without buying, buying a single thing. Yeah, without, thing. without buying yeah. a single thing. Again. <sighs> Come on, parents, guys. Parents, <laughs> get, parents, give your kids $10 for the wrestling gimmick table. Okay? <laughs> yeah, if you're going to fawn over these chicks, throw down some cash, will you? But and Jack, and also, if you're one of the 15 year old boys, she's not interested. She she's got a, a better boyfriend. Than <laughs> she you, is sorry. beyond she is beyond not interested and never will be. Oh god! So this. at any rate, Jack Vaughn, as I was as this story started out on, uh, he was standing there by the door by his gimmick table, arms crossed, and was just so still 
that for just a moment I thought, where did they get a life-size standee of Jack Vaughn? It's that muscle control, baby. I'm, I'm telling you. So I don't, I don't know. He is just larger than life and almost unbelievable to see in person. Yeah. Very, very. Yeah, a nice guy, too. Great nice guy. guy, yeah. Great yeah. Guy. Uh, about number two here in the main show, we have The Fallen uh, with the Dark Reverend versus TW3 and Donovan Cecil. So that would have been the team of the Nephilim and ZDP versus the team of Donovan Cecil and TW3, the strongest man in Kentucky in the 80s, baby. That was the team that I did not know I needed. Mm-hmm. That was yep. the match of the night. That that was probably was, the match of the night. I'm thinking I'm trying to come up with something that I could you know say would rival it, but... It was uh-uh. not my match of the night, just for the record. Okay. It was mine, was di- mine was a different one. Two out of three ain't bad. No. And that end move where t- where uh, TW climbs up in Donovan's arms, Donovan stands up and throws him down yeah. on, the pr- on, uh, on the opponent was just insane. If, yeah. If you're uh, only familiar with these guys through our description of it or you haven't watched um, OVW, you don't know who Donovan Cecil, TW3 is, this team had very much a uh, ricochet Braun Strowman type quality to it. Amen to that. Yeah, that is that would be for if you had if you didn't actually get to see the match. Kind of think this that kind of huge muscle guy paired with a high flyer, very acrobatic guy, and then not only is the the uh, comparison between the two very interesting, but the chemistry is off the charts. Yeah, they were two great wrestlers that wrestled great together, and uh, they looked great doing it. I mean, T Dub's got the new ring gear. That was yes. uh, Pac-Man this week, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that it, uh, if you got any more sweet ring gear, T-Dub, save it for the pay-per-view. You don't have to give it all away for free. Yeah, but if you want to, it's cool. I mean, there's tons of other games that you could uh, reference, like you know Zelda, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Galaga. Yeah. I want some Space Invaders. There you go, Pitfall. <laughs> now that we're just naming '80s video games, and I can do that all night, kids. All night. Uh, I also thought that uh, uh, the Fallen, I mean, they were impressive as always, Mm -hmm. but when the Reverend and the Nephilim threw ZDP cheerleader style, I swear he was probably, he looked like he was 15 feet above the ring. I covered my mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (gasps) yeah, I said, there's no way this ends well for that young man. (laughs) I had my doubts when he was on his way up. I thought, like I, that kid's pretty fearless, man. He gets thrown around. I mean, for he's more often than not the smallest guy in the ring by far. Yeah, easily, and is willing to get willing to take advantage of his size. As, as small <laughs> as he is in stature, he is very formidable and very yeah. intimidating. He's a tough I'm not guy. really into horror at all, but of all the things that I think could possibly come true from classic horror trope. It would be zombies. Zombies really freak me out. So for him to like effectively, you know, show up every week, that's like, wow, that's, you know, unsettlingly creepy. And I appreciate that. So thank you very much, ZDP and Fallen. The team of TW3 and Donovan Cecil take the victory here. As they should have. Afterwards, we see behind the uh, scenes segment, a camera segment, uh, solo promo, much uh, like Jack Vaughn had done earlier in the night. Hollywood Haley J is back after a brief hiatus from OVW. And she is putting the bad girls on notice. In she this sure was segment here. Yeah. Um, we 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 saw a couple weeks ago a segment between Mick Foley and our next one of our next competitors, Tony Evans. 
Brian, Brian Hines, what did uh, Tony Evans, what was he asked to do by Mick Foley? Uh, prove him wrong. And what? how did he say he was going to prove Mick Foley wrong? He said that he was going to go find the biggest, meanest guy in the locker room. And when we had this discussion last week, we both kind of said who we thought that was at the same time, mm-hmm. and we had differing opinions. Did either one of us say that it was the uncut Jim Ty Vance? No. Not even close. Tony Evans ends up taking the victory here over the uncut Jim Ty Vance. He failed to deliver on his promise of finding... It it was an easy victory. The biggest, toughest, meanest guy um, in the locker room. In the nightclub. He might be the toughest, biggest, meanest man in the VIP section of your local nightclub. Ty Vance. Yeah. Yeah, with the broom. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Uh, No, so so we, we were promised something... We are slowly inching toward the change of Tony Evans, but we're not quite there yet. How many weeks do you think it takes Tony Evans to actually get a big, tough son of a bitch out there to wrestle him? That's like asking how many licks it takes to get the, to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop. And according to the owl, it's three, but I think it's going to be more than three. I think that I actually think it will be three. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. That's just kind of my guess. I don't know. Three is the magic number. This whole thing came out uh, of a segment where Mick Foley gave grades to the um, OVW stars. He gave Jack Vaughn a B. He gave Cal Hero an A minus, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he gave Tony Evans an F. And he said, if you don't want an F, prove me wrong. What grade did Mick Foley give Tony Evans this week after he beat Uncut Jim Ty Vance? As my dad used to say, uh, Tony Evans got a flag. Got another Big F. F. Got another F. So we will For, see, forget about it. We will see this upcoming week when Mick Foley is in person if Tony Evans can manage to prove Mick Foley wrong. We shall see, but uh, this has come up quite a bit. Saw a couple of, of promo segments uh, here going into and out of the commercial breaks. Uh, we saw the Bad Girls Club continue with their usual bullying of, of Ellie, her kind of being unaware that she's the odd woman out in that group. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of wondering where they're going with this. Uh, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I know. I think I heard you guys both say at first um, off mic before we started recording that you were a little wishy washy on it. I actually kind of uh, I kind of like Ellie with like doing her version of what she thinks a mean girl is. I think it's kind of sweet, actually. <laughs> like I think it's like I think that the payoff for this is going to be very, very cathartic. And I, I actually really enjoyed it so far. We can dig more into that uh, whenever we um, get get to it later in the matches. Uh, Carson Drake was the subject of our next behind-the-scenes segment. And he uh, he slipped uh, Crystal a, a couple of hundos. That she uh, promptly put in her, her bra pocket. Um, brocket. The brocket. The best place, as I've been told, to keep money if you're uh or your uh, hands are cold i haven't worn a bra in a long time so i'm not sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing speaking of carson drake one thing that i noticed uh when he wrestled they said he was previously in ovw they said that on the yeah the broadcast mm-hmm. sure I, did i was unaware of that i didn't i don't remember him don't no. remember him if he was. Maybe I very well might not have been watching at the time. So. Yeah, that that could very well be. We'll have to see whether we can get a a word with him. But I suspect that uh, we don't have enough money to uh, get into that kind of headspace. About four was between the destroyers and the outrunners. 
That's the second week in a row that the Outrunners come away with a big win. I mm-hmm. feel like they're getting ready to get a big push. And they were on top of the world at the end of it, spinning like they do. And, um, Didn't I'm, they get uh, the ref to spin? Did I see that? Yep. Yeah. Yep. As you, you said uh, last week on last week's episode, you would, had never seen the ref spin. It now was it was there just for you, Tiny Brian, seeing the ref spin. Now I feel better, as you should. the The pairing of the Outrunners and the Destroyers is, is a really fun one because the Outrunners are so ridiculous. Yeah, and, and the Destroyers are so business. Yeah, their, their <laughs> styles are two totally different. I mean, the Destroyers are in there and they're out for blood, and uh, you know, basically the the Outrunners are all Miso's got it the whole time, <laughs> just spinning around having a blast, but they're getting the job done, and that's what matters. They end up with a win at the end of the day. Proud of you, son. Yeah, the Outrunners end up with a win at the end of the day, as you said. About five years between the future, Will Austin and Ryan Von Rocket. Uh, Ryan Von Rocket takes away the victory. We'll say that here at the beginning of this conversation. Um, what's going on with Will Austin? Well, what do you mean exactly? I... I feel like he's really touched going hot and cold. I think he's a very, very capable wrestler. Agreed. I just think from week to week. You don't know can, which one you're going to get? Yeah, and, and that's from the from from the perspective of the television show, not the perspective, not Will's in-ring action. I just don't sometimes. I, I thought that he was going to be babyface all the way um, after the Orion program. Right. And then that didn't really happen. It seems like sometimes he's the baby face, sometimes he's the heel. I think he was supposed to be the heel here, but people in Davis Arena really don't like Ryan Von Rocket. <laughs> it, yeah, that, <laughs> it kind of seems like that sometimes. Um, Crystal comes out with uh, her $100 bill. She's, of course, Ryan Von Rocket's uh, valet, valet, one of the Rockettes. She comes out with her $100 bills in her bra pocket uh, from Carson Drake earlier, um, which I thought was a really great. A uh, little a note there that he gave it to her in the backstage segment. She's still wearing it as she makes her way to the ring. And then he came out and gave her more. And then he came out and gave her more. This catches the attention of Ryan Von Rocket. He Who is not happy. Not happy. Get a big rock and roll neck breaker on Will Austin. And uh, yeah, the old shake, rattle, and roll. Yep. The uh, Ryan Von Rocket, kind of a different side of him. Kind of like an angry and very angry, very intense side of Ryan Von Rocket. It's kind of a goofy character. Yeah, generally, yeah, but he he did seem uh, a little jealous of the attention mm-hmm. that uh, uh, she was getting out there, and uh, and that, that she was giving Carson Drake. Yeah, as well. that w- that kind of reminded me of uh, somebody else who used to get really jealous jealous back in the day, uh, uh, Randy Savage. But you know, you know, I don't hate that. Yeah, I really don't. It, it's it's not a bad look. It just uh, except for I wouldn't uh, have gone there with it. But with, really, with Randy Savage, it was baby oil and Ryan Von Rocket. It is uh, glitter, glitter gel. Yeah. yeah, lots and lots of the glitter. old divorce dust, as they put it. That uh, that ring does not look the same after a Ryan Von Rocket match. <laughs> no, it definitely doesn't. It looks like a stripper exploded. Yeah, it's. Uh, I feel bad for everybody else that has to wrestle in it for the rest of the night. Yeah. I feel like someone at a pay per view should wrestle him, but the stipulation that if he loses, he has to stop putting that glitter on. Carson or Drake if, might be the if man. If he wins, then the other person has to glitter up. <laughs> main event, hour one. Three way match. Trios matches, I like to call them. Yeah. No. That was uh, uh, Dream Girl Ellie versus uh, Hollywood Haley J, right? 
Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So well, it's it was hour two's main hour event. two's main event. Yeah, yeah I'm Spoilers. looking, sitting and looking right at it. Yeah, that was it was a <laughs> sorry. It was scheduled to be a singles match, but uh, you know when the bad girls run in, it's, packs yeah, that's of three. That's that. Good job, Brian. That's what I meant. That's what yeah. he meant. <laughs> See, it's never a singles match when the bad girls club are there. I got you, fam. Thanks, bro. All right. Hollywood Haley J returning Hollywood Haley J versus Dream Girl Ellie. Uh, there was a moment here, and I I haven't been drinking as much as I used to or usually do or whatever, and that's like that's my thing. That's kind of not. It's important only when I say this. Um, I I I'm very used to crying to wrestling. <laughs> very used to crying to things that like most adults wouldn't cry to, and uh, I I was not intoxicated this past week at at Davis Arena when we were lucky enough to go up there. And there was a moment where I guess Haley Haley jumps from the yeah. uh the the third third post there, third rope. The high rent district. Onto the ground. Um and does, you know, the big tackle of the Bad Girls Club there. And she stands back up and throws her arms up in the air. And the way that she was received in that moment by Davis Arena, I cried <laughs> cried a little bit. I don't know why. I don't know why. It was just like such a. They so clearly were waiting for her to come back, and yeah. then this. She was amazing. She's been amazing every week. She's gotten better and better every time we see her. She's always been uh, really, really easy to watch and very, very charismatic. But well, now, sure, she's the daughter of Amazing Maria. So. Ex- mm-hmm. Yes, but <laughs> in the family, man. But she's getting really, really good at this wrestling thing, and then just like that reaction that she got. It wasn't even the jump that got the reaction. It was her celebrating that got the reaction and the crowd being able to celebrate with her. Yeah. That touched me. <laughs> like, and I would love to have chalked it up to that I had been drinking whiskey, but that wasn't what it was. It was just actually like a really cool, beautiful moment to see. I got very overwhelmed by it. Hey, man, there's no shame in that. It's, you know, it happens to everybody. It happens to me too sometimes. And, uh, that's just part of the human experience. Um, the um, it was it was good to see her back in action. Uh, she didn't quite to give the the beat down that uh, the the mean girls have uh, the bad girls club. Sorry, have uh, coming to them, mm-hmm. but uh, you know that it's it's on the way. And uh, after she took everybody out with a uh, dive from the top rope. Then she was triple teamed, and things looked really bad for a while. Mm-hmm. She was surrounded, and all the bad girls had chairs. And she, then Freya came to save the day. Yeah, Hollywood Haley J pick, ends up picking up the victory by disqualification after the bad girls club. Right. That he, was my horrible Andy Kaufman impression, <laughs> by the way. Thank uh, you very much. Um, Freya comes and uh, saves Hollywood Haley J, kind of clears house with a big folding chair, as wrestlers are wanting to do. Yeah. Um, do you think that we're getting a tag team of Freya and Hollywood? Uh, I mean, it's possible. And I, if anything, I could see them. Uh, I could see the bad girls going against Hollywood, Freya, and Island Girl TT. I think that would be your anti bad girl faction. I think that um, if if it were up to me, it, and it is not clearly so tt and freya obviously have the history sure um i was gonna ask you beat me to it i was gonna ask who you thought the third person would be i'm gonna say hulk hogan i'm gonna say himma 
Ooh, that'd be good, <laughs> too. I want to see Emma Moore yeah. on the main roster. Make that happen. She's got history with the bad girls. Hollywood has history with the bad girls. Yeah, they got her right out of the uh, Nightmare Rumble. Yeah, see? Just that's, like that. That's all I'm saying. It's right there. It's right Ooh. there. And Emma, I'm serious, guys. Go watch that match in the pre-show. She's going to be your guys' favorite wrestler in a short amount of time. She's awesome. She's Agreed. great. Yeah. She's great. I'll say two words. Chain skirt. Does she wear a chain skirt? Yeah. Emma wears a big chain skirt yeah. when she comes in. Yeah. She did better with the chains than Mr. Pectacular and EC3 did combined. Oh, tell kids. me how you feel. Oh, come on. Keep talking dirty to me, bro. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it when you get pitchy, bro. <laughs> Top of hour two here. Top of hour two. Things always get weird at the end of hour one. Here <laughs> yeah, one that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, Brian, we, when we were watching this promo, uh, Tiny Brian, when we were watching this promo um, live, right. do you remember what you turned to me and said? I believe I turned and said this something to the effect of this sounds like a mission statement. Yes, that is effectively what you said. Yeah, um, pretty much word for word. Brian, would you agree with that sentiment here at the top of this promo at the top of the hour? Uh, Between, uh, I guess, for cash, a little bit of framing, Cash, Cal, Cal Hero, and, and Tony Gunn. Shotgun, Tony Gunn. Um, yeah. That seems like a pretty safe assessment. It was something akin to a fire, fireside chat. <laughs> it was, these are your guys. These are who you need to be paying attention to. These, these guys care about you. These guys are going to get you through the hard times. They love you. They're your friends. Mm-hmm. And they will never let anything bad happen to you ever. And if you were going to book this kind of segment, it is those three guys. You're right. But as big, for the sake of argument, um, as big as that segment was with Cash, Cow Hero, and Shotgun Tony Gunn, who would be the antithesis of that? I mean, in this case, Beaches and Cream came out, but I don't. I don't feel like it's kind of even as far as as that goes. And I don't feel like it would be the Overman because they're kind of. I mean, from they, outside of Luke Curtis, they're kind of like a mess this week. Well, and they kind of exist in. They exist on EC3's Thursday Night Raw. They exist in the Oververse. They kind of exist in their own little. Void, yeah, away from the rest of OVW television, except for certified whose money. I think that it speaks a lot to how well revered these three guys are, to that there is not an obvious heel um, equal to them. Yeah, I, I I think that you could I think you could name a hundred names before you found one that is even a good argument for how for being hated as much as these three guys are loved. And even the people they face this this week, Beaches and Cream and Real One, are just sort of like the party time heels. They're not like evil. They're just like, hey, we just throw out for ourselves, and we're gonna laugh at you and beat you up, and and we're pissed, mm-hmm. and we're gonna, you know. Well, and yeah, at the uh, mo- most of the Real One heat, Excuse which me. has been really great, like still, and another great addition to that this week. Most of the Real One heat is that. He talks with a northern accent, and Tony Gunn talks with a southern one. That's like, <laughs> that's yeah. basically where the heat is at. It's been perfect, and I really am not complaining about it when I simplify it to those uh, uh, examples. But it it that's basically where what it is. Is this guy's from WWE, and he talks real fast, and you don't like him because he talks fast. 
Right. Yeah, but he rolled into town looking like the Wicked Witch of the Trailer Park for crying out loud with them giant uh, striped socks and everything all mismatched. And it's just I, like, what? Why? I just can't quite. I, I don't see it. Real one, Enzo, whatever his name is. I'm like, dude, are you okay? Did 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 you just dress with whatever was left over in in the back? That's the irregular bin. I don't at even, the clearance mall. Yeah, I don't even think you can consider what Enzo wears like gear. <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Let me ask you this: so when Beaches and Cream make their appearance to uh, interrupt our uh, our trio of heroes, um. Luscious starts off with mirror, mirror on the wall. And uh, I've noticed a lot of people I've, I've uh, heard lately uh, saying that they don't remember that being the original line from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. I'm glad that uh, somebody uh, said mirror, mirror on the wall because now they're trying to say that it's magic mirror on the wall. And I don't ever remember that being the case. Is this one of these Mandela effects? Exactly. One of these things I hear so much about. One of these things I hear so much about? About seven here. <laughs> uh, two girls that have kind of recently um, been making their name on the OVW roster. Recognize them from some other places. Big Al, Alice Crowley, and, and Angelica Risk. This is the first Big Al, Alice Crowley match that we've seen. Solo match that we've seen at least since the Rumble that she participated in, right? Yeah. it's It's been a little bit since uh, she's had a, a solo match. This is the second one in as many weeks that we've seen from Angelica Risk. Yes. Um, who, who looked very impressive this week, by the way. Yes. This is kind of the opposite of the match that I wanted between Freya and Angelica. Um, I wanted Freya to come out and absolutely smash Angelica, 30 seconds, one, two, three, whatever. I really liked the dynamic of this match being that she's fighting from underneath. That she doesn't give up. I didn't really get that dynamic against Freya, but on this one I thought it was a little more clear. Alice should have had that match won. If she would have gone for the pin uh, F, instead of like kind of playing to the crowd, I, she would have come away with a win. But mm-hmm. that was uh, a mistake on her part and uh, Angelica Risk. Uh, with an impressive match, I, that's not her singles debut, is it? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. In, in Helka Risks? Yeah. She she fought Freya last week. Ah, uh, that's right, yeah. Um, um, I, did th- I did feel, being there live this week, that I thought there was a kind of a palpable support for Helka Risk this week around. Yeah. Uh, from the audience. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's that's a really... Uh, the worst thing you can do is not get anybody to react. And sometimes, unfortunately, when you're a new wrestler or the OVW faithful don't recognize your face immediately, it can be kind of hard to get a reaction in that place. That's true. There's a lot going on there. There is. And more, more now than ever. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next sketch of the evening was the Overman meeting with EC3 uh, in a control room, like a, a flight control room. Like uh, <laughs> um traffic controller yeah yeah something like that like yeah. like houston where they would may or may not have a problem we have a problem and it's audio <laughs> yeah we have a pro- <laughs> we have a problem although it was better this week than it had been in the past but i swear to god for about a month it sounded like ec3 was just you know trying to cut a promo with a, a you know mouthful of marbles or something you just you just couldn't hear what he was saying you at all it's some of the 
I hate to sit and bust on OVW because it is getting better and better every single week. It's getting leaps and bounds better than a year anything ago. critical that we say, we say with we'll love say with because love. we care. But we can't not say something about these audio issues that continue to persist. Yeah. When everything else on the show looks pops. And, yeah, looks great. And most of it sounds fantastic. These backstage audio these backstage audio issues continue to plague the show. Yeah, that's that that's the, the weak point, unfortunately. But progress is being made. Um, not looking for perfection, just step you know, in the right direction and they're getting there. You guys are getting there. Well, and it's, it's, you can, we, we can, cannot give them, uh, praise without giving, being critical and you cannot be critical without giving praise. That is, that is, I'm a big believer in that. Too sweet to be sour, too nice to be mean. Too sweet. Final, uh, about eight of the night, the Dark Reverend this time being joined by the Nephilim and ZDP. Yes. Second time we've seen the Fallen tonight, this time a singles match with the Dark Reverend. Always a pleasure to see the Reverend. Versus everybody on OVW's new favorite shiny toy, the Iron Demon Shane Mercer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, for, for, and I do not mean that as a negative at all. Shane Mercer is a specimen. He is impressive. Oh, yeah. He is uh, built like a brick shit house. He's strong as hell. He's very, very athletic. And the numbers game is usually uh, to the Fallen's advantage, but not it to not tonight, didn't not this matter. time. No. Didn't matter. He took care of all of them. Um, without saying too much here, pay attention to the feed. Um, Dark Reverend loses. This match goes out on his back, counts the lights at Davis Arena. Um, moving on to bout nine here. Ten bouts tonight. Usually we're averaging about eight on uh, eight, eight or about 11, I yeah, guess. TV between. says eight is enough, but to this past week they, they went 10. Luke Curtis and Star Rider. Was this more of a match between Luke Curtis and Star Rider, or was this more of an opportunity to advance the storyline of the opening? It, clearly it was a, a, an advancement of the story because, I mean, Star Rider looked great. New ring gear, you're rocking it, buddy. You, you know, hustled out there. You did everything that you needed to do. It just wasn't part of the story. And, uh, I mean, he ultimately ended up with the win. But, uh, I mean, that is uh, due to a, a heavy-handed help of uh, Joe Mack. Yeah, Joe Mack, if I, it, he is trying to help luke curtis he's trying to support luke curtis but he hits the rope and luke curtis trips right which yeah. allows star rider to get the victory yeah um joe mack as we know it's wrestling and even a mistake is always seen as a terrible betrayal <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's what we had here uh if i don't it think it was a mistake I don't. I think. I think that we are supposed to believe it was a mistake, but I do think that there is growing animosity between those two guys, rightfully so. I I kind of feel like uh, this is Luke Curtis's breakout moment. I I always thought that Joe Mack was going to be the baby face out of these guys. Um, I don't know why I thought that. I kind of just did. There. It looks like it's going to end up being Luke Curtis. I mean, I'm not necessarily, that's not necessarily what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying necessarily that he's going to be a face. I think that the Overmen are going to fold. They're, they're uh, okay. going to. Uh, you think that there's no more. I, I think before too long, possibly at uh, the Tough Love pay-per-view. Because, um, I mean, 
Spectacular went and did his own thing. Mm-hmm. Shira is a face, tag team champion. And of the remaining, um, it's going to be Luke Curtis versus EC3. Mm-hmm. And I I can see that leading to a, uh, a that pretty bitter feud. And that leaves yeah. you with uh, Big Joe Mac and uh, the Human Thumb. Adam Revolver. Adam Revolver. And Shannon the Dude. And Shannon the Dude. With EC3, obviously. So, yeah. yeah, you go from... You make a good point there. Uh, in August, the faction, yeah. as they were formerly called, huge group, mm-hmm. running roughshod over everyone. Everywhere. Then they become the Overman. Right. Now they're about to lose a piece of the Overman. Mm-hmm. You're right. I think actually you're right. And then if you go back to our predictions podcast, I think both of us said that we expected EC3 to be out of the promotion by March. Yeah, that kind of would line up. That match between yeah, this would track. That match between EC3 and Luke Curtis will be on Thursday the fifteenth on TV on OVW Rise, which is after the pay per view. Which is after the pay per view. So, yeah, I think you know, Brian. I'm starting to like what you're saying there. I think you're probably right. I think by the pay per view, the Overmen are dissolved. Luke Curtis is a face of sorts against EC3. And then who knows what happens. I think that it probably is EC3 going out of the promotion. Or hopefully it's Matt Cardona winning the NWA championship and getting Matt Cardona at OVW. That's what I would really like to see. Who knows? That would be fun. That's what I would would like to see. That would be awesome. Matt Cardona, the name of the former Zack Ryder, for those of you that uh, didn't know that he had changed his name, now he's kind of remade himself as an indie superstar. He's he's also really big into collecting action figures, isn't he? Yes. Great. He is probably the best uh, YouTube wrestling toy content creator. That's what I thought. I hope he does come because we could talk for hours about wrestling action figures. Uh, one thing I, I do want to note that uh, during this final match between uh, uh, these two teams, we were seated on the corner uh, behind our heroes, Cash Flow, Cal Hero, two, and Shotgun Tony Gunn. The two teams of Beaches and Cream and Real One and Cal Hero, Cash Flow, and Tony Yeah, Gunn. yeah. Um, and uh, I managed to uh, snag a picture of Shannon the Dude and Adam Revolver. And I turned and looked at Brian, and I said, uh, hey, I got a picture of a thumb and an asshole. And all the people around us thought that was funny. So I'll uh, see whether I can post that to yeah. social we'll media post, here we'll post that. Uh, we'll post that tonight. Yeah. And you guys can visit our social media page in the morning when this episode drops to see a picture of a thumb and an asshole. Not that one. No, a different not that one. Thumb and an asshole. Different. Picture. This is G-rated. Yeah. Not yeah. the one that you guys are thinking of. No. Uh, I thought that this match here was this was actually my match of the night it oh, was yeah? a great match yeah this this was actually my match of the night if we while we were talking about that from earlier i mean it it was a good match and it would have been nice to have a clear winner we just didn't get that i mean cash always looks great cal looks fierce these days shotgun tony gun on top with being the champion and uh i mean you can't get any better than that i thought two things in this match were that that made a match of the night for me were just like over the top brilliant. One is the obvious one, and that's not letting Tony Gunn and Real One touch each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought that that was brilliant. It was hot. It was hot. It was steaming in there. It was a teapot, tea kettle. It was whistling. It was a little there. teapot, short like and short and stout. They were it, chanting, "Let them fight." It was yeah. insane in there. I love being not even when I get carried away by 
by wrestling. I love being in an audience where the audience is carried away by wrestling. And that audience was hot. They want to see Tony Gunn get his hands on real one so bad. So bad. Loved that. Yeah. First off. Second off, for me, this match really was the Luscious Lawrence show. Oh. Yeah. He obviously took a beating most of the time. Yeah. But I really, really, really enjoyed him taking he did a great job yeah. of telling the story yeah i really really i thought that he made his opponents look really really good and i think that he sold in a way that was a lot more healy than i remember him selling when he was a baby and this is just kind of for me the full a uh, step toward if not the fully realized form of what the heel luscious lawrence looks like um i just really i for me watching it live getting to sit right there on the banister the thing that I enjoyed watching the most during this match was Luscious Lawrence. Well, I mean, to um, to your credit, uh, or to go with what you said, I mean, Luscious is immensely talented. Mm-hmm. He's great at what he does. So seeing him out there uh, do his thing as a heel, um, he knocked it out of the park. But as far as uh, uh, the real one and Tony Gunn, uh, they – the crowd wanted that bad and yeah. we didn't get to see it, but that is just a testament to how good Enzo is on the mic. I mm-hmm. mean, we ripped on him for, you know, this and that and the other, but deservedly he, so de- deservedly. So, but he is uh, a man that people love to hate. And that is why, because he's so good at talking smack. Yeah. So we, we didn't get what we were looking for yet, but we got, um, what, what's well? What they, they we might not have gotten what we were looking for, but OVW got us to do what exactly what they wanted, which is come back next week. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was trying to get at. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Sometimes it's the simplest things in wrestling that make me the most excited, and sometimes you you it's so easy to try to make a moment without serving the long term purpose. This was great. This was really old school and very very measured. Um, just not letting Tony Gunn get anywhere near a real one as opposed to giving me the instant blow-off of even just uh, as little of a, a thing just as a... Just one punch. Yeah, just one punch would have ruined this for me. Mm-hmm. Just one one test of strength would have ruined this for me. But as it, as they executed it, I thought it was pitch perfect. Yeah, it, was, it was spot on. And you two are the wrestling fans, so uh, you tell me. This felt, this whole match, this whole structure of we're going to throw these disparate groups together in a big combination match, its placement right here in in the spot a couple weeks before the pay-per-view, like we're sort of building interest, it felt very well placed and like like it reminded me of how WCW used to kind of do things. In kind of their middle of their pay-per-view cycle, they do these big matches that are just sort of just there to build interest, and that's mm-hmm. kind of how it felt to me. And just like WCW, it didn't have a clear finish either. Very true. Very <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. I, I did che- I did actually check with uh, voice of OVW, Brian Kennison. Uh, he was kind enough to confirm that there was, in fact, no decision on this match at all. Yeah, the officials get in between the, uh, the, the participants after they've lost all control of the match. Tony Gunn and Real One get pulled apart after Tony Gunn tries his hardest to uh, fight through the crowd of officials 
and referees. Yeah. Um, the crowd, as Brian pointed out, or uh, producer Tiny Brian pointed out earlier, was chanting, let them fight. And, man, I said it the first time I ever saw those guys lock eyes. I am I am ready. I am so ready. And I didn't think I could get any more ready. And then this match happened. <laughs> yeah, so let's do it. Let's do it. We've got, what, three weeks until two weeks, basically, effectively, right? Until the yeah. pay-per-view. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. On the way out here, Brian, who do you got in the Royal Rumble? We don't talk about the other stuff, but Royal Rumble is my favorite event. Who do you got? Oh, gosh, I haven't even given it any thought. That's this Saturday, isn't it? It is. Um... I don't know. We might have to circle back around to this. Uh, I don't even know like the big stories. I'm gonna I, go. That's how little time I've had to pay attention to that, and I still try to watch every week. Get up, but off the top of my head, um, do you think it's gonna be Punk? I don't think it's gonna be Punk. I don't think it's gonna be CM Punk. I think it's gonna be Cody. I think it could be. I think that it should. If I was booking it, Gunther number one. Solid. No, I'm sorry. Take that back. Cody, number one. Gunther, number 30. Uh, Gunther was number one last year. Cody knocked him out at 30. He almost ran with it. Yeah. Cody comes in at 30. You see Gunther, the most dominant champion in the whole company right now. And I'm going to take that even over Roman Reigns because Gunther defends it more often. Right. You see Cody over, over an hour in. You see Gunther walk out. Instant dread. Instant dread. Hmm. Cody wins, though. Running it back two years in a row. That is my prediction. Could very well be. What about the women's? Um, the women's. I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see like Liv Morgan win it because she'll probably end up coming back that night. Um, if Sasha Banks comes back, then I'm probably going to go Sasha Banks. But I would really like to see Liv Morgan win it after having a kind of a terrible year between injuries and legal trouble. And she's just such a fan favorite. She's yeah. a former champion. I think that I don't think anybody would bat an eye at her winning it. That's kind of what those are my two choices. I don't see Sasha Banks coming back. She's signed with uh, AEW. She's not technically yet. Oh really? Yes. Oh well, hmm, I guess we'll see. But if she came I don't back, know. I, I just think don't it's see her. it. If she came back, I think it's her. It could very well be. I don't know. So we're live right now, right? We are. Oh God. Do we have anyone joined us this? We have a couple of people. Oh, really? Who yeah. named Dan? Tell us some names. Tell us some names. I don't know. It doesn't. No, it doesn't say. Oh, it doesn't say on your. Since you're not on social media, you don't know. I do not know. But that's all right. Hello, viewers. Y'all Greetings. Want to close out Hello, the nurse. The OVW podcast, the tenth annual Carney Award-nominated unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling, is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW podcast broadcast team is Jack Minokes and Brian Hines. What up? Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi P.S. Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blip is Victor Anderson. After watching wrestlers on Netflix, visit ovwpodcast.com slash podcasters to find all of our episodes of our unofficial wrestlers after show. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rate us five stars. Give us a review. It really helps. It really, really helps. You can also follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, and to the historic Davis. That's right. Love you guys. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.